welcome to another episode of In Another World, a pop culture podcast. I am your host, Zachary Landolt, and I'm so happy to have you here for another edition of TV Tuesdays, where we are continuing our recap of Smash Season 1. Oh my goodness. And we have reached Episode 7, The Workshop. Oh my goodness. Which sees the performance of, you know, this damn musical they've been working on for so long. And also the arrival of the fabulous, I used to be obsessed with her, Bernadette Peters, who is just always a gem in everything, honestly. And just give that woman a show. Like, give her her own show. She has a lot to give you, but I digress. Uh, But I'm also joined by a lovely guest, Stephen Isaac Rice, who has been on the show a couple times in the past. He is... Uh, a Catherine McPhee stan, as he will state. So I thought it would be nice to bring in some, you know, some McPhee positivity. We've been, you know, we've given her a little bit of a light roasting. So, you know, why not see the other side, you know, the other perspective? Um, we had a, such a fun time talking about the show, but we also went on a few tangents, um, which is just, like, inevitable, I feel like, at this point. Because you get, like, two you know, musical theater queers in the same room. Like, it's just going to happen. But before we dive into our conversation, as always, let's listen to the original promo for Episode 7, The Workshop. Everything they've dreamed of, everything they've worked for, is in danger of being destroyed. It's now or never. Next Monday. You say something cruel every day. Has anybody seen Julia? As their lives begin to unravel, someone will have to go. Ivy was terrific. It's not working. You'll never work in this town again. The problem is Michael Swift. Oh, come on! Where are you on this, Julia? Bernadette Peters on the new Smash. Hello, and welcome to another edition of TV Tuesdays, where we are continuing our recap of season one of the NBC Notorious musical series, Smash. And I am joined by an old friend of the pod, it's Stephen Isaac Rice, who was here for our Buffy episode and our movie musical episode. Yes, I'm so excited. I love coming to this. Um, (laughs) It's great. I can always just nerd out and talk about the most gay nerdy things of course in life. that's what we want <laughs> and i i assume you watched smash when it originally aired Am oh I yes correct? i was obsessed i am like Same. a Catherine mcphee stan <laughs> yeah. from you know from the mcfever days in american idol so i oh mcfever yeah and i you know i think she gets a lot of hate from my guests on this show so it'll be interesting to have someone who's actually a stan i love her so much she gets some. She gets some vocal moments in this episode. She does get some vocal moments. I mean, <laughs> she just. I mean, she just has like a special voice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just she's everything. It's the McFever. We all have the McFever. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how has your? What have you been watching or listening to lately? Anything fun getting you through your spare time? Um, I've been watching this show called Invincible. on amazon prime it's like a adult cartoon like superhero cartoon it is so good everyone should be watching it oh my um and obviously i just restarted wandavision for the (laughs) second or third time oh my god (laughs) 
I'm like not much of a Marvel nerd, even though I, I did love WandaVision and I, I don't care for Marvel things. So I consider that mm. a big compliment. Um, but I did love Elizabeth Olsen. I thought she was really great. Yeah, I've been a stan of hers for some time. It's like we get to have like the feeling of seeing, because she looks just like Mary Kay and Ashley. Exactly. And we get to have like, we get to see like what they would have been like if they'd, you know, chosen a different path. Prestige acting if Mary yeah. Kay had become like in the Marvel Universe. Yes. yes. Yeah, I was actually I was watching a movie yesterday for my show, and it had an old trailer before because I was watching on like actual DVD, and she was in a trailer like Mary Kate for a movie and I forgot existed called Beastly. It was Vanessa. Oh Hodges. yeah. And she was like all up in it, like acting, and I was like, look at you, still being. Because doesn't actress. she do like a grunge, <laughs> a grunt like a grungy role? Yeah, she's like a grunge Brooklynite witch. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was like 2010. I'm like, that's so recent. And then, and then, no more. Wow. They escape to their fashion house, and, and they'll stay there for the rest of their lives. And then I'm like, has anyone heard them speak? Like, are they okay? Like, are I haven't heard okay? their speaking voices in so long. I have not seen or heard from them in, in a minute, so I don't I just know. See them at random parties and events, just staring with those huge eyes. <laughs> those huge eyes. <laughs> Wearing black. Oh my goodness. Um, but they are not in Smash, so I guess I, I can't have much more to <laughs> <laughs> um, But we are covering today episode seven, The Workshop, which for me, when this originally aired, I was very excited for this episode because mm-hmm. I originally thought, yeah, silly me, thought the actual workshop was going to take up more of the plot, like the actual performance of it. And it was, I was let down. <laughs> <laughs> But we open at the rehearsal space the day before the workshop, and we find that the boiler in the building is broken. Oh my goodness. And we see Michael and Julia are becoming even more reckless with their flirting. Uh, so much as like making out in empty rooms, which I think that's so ridiculous. Like, she knows there are so many people around that could walk in on them in that room. I thought that was like just dumb, dumb, dumb. But dumb. that is, you know, that's the thrill, I guess, right? That's why people do these things. It's like they get off on the like. Never danger. had an affair. Oh, you've never had an affair. I've never had an affair. I guess I've never had. I haven't been in that many long-term relationships. I haven't been, haven't been in a relationship like long enough to have an affair. <laughs> same. I'm like, I wouldn't cheat on my boyfriend. I'm like, well, I've only dated someone for like six months. So I guess that's good that I <laughs> in six months. Um, but I digress. Uh, we also see Karen Ayayay recording a demo for Bobby Raskin, whose business card she received at the Bar Mitzvah. And we get, what did you think of the song that she sang for the demo? I thought it sounded great. It was a sh- very strange choice. Uh, yeah, I, that's where I'm at. I just think it was a very choice. strange choice. Yeah, it was a, a Brighter Than the Sun by who was the original artist of that song? I actually don't know. Okay. I don't think it's like, am I crazy? We all know the song, but no one. Yeah, we all know the song. I do remember thinking she sounded better than the original person. She does, but at the same time, she sounds a little similar. Like they have, like you know. So it was just kind of. It was just a very strange choice in song. And they're supposed to be blown away by her singing this, like, basic... Yeah, that's the only thing. Like, she has such a voice, and I don't know why they chose, yeah, such a middle-of-her-range song. I mean, she sounds good on it, because she can sing. She's Catherine McPhee. But it was a little odd that he's supposed to be like, oh my god. I wasn't expecting 
Yeah. It's just so cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's a very like elevator pop song. Is what yes, I call it. yes, yes. Or like definitely. a grocery store pop song. The ones. Oh my god. We have this. The grocery store here is called Superfood Town, and whenever I play like a really basic song, someone says, "Stephen, <laughs> this sounds like it should be in Superfood Town." <laughs> Well, that's what they want. They want middle-of-the-road pop music that won't be offensive to anyone, that people can just, like, bop their head to. Palatable. <laughs> yes, like, that's, a, that's a more intelligent word. <laughs> Though I like to wear my headphones in the grocery store and just, like, be in my own little my own little bubble. So I don't listen to the grocery store and be pop music myself. I love it. I, grocery shopping is a stressful experience for me every time, so... Is that COVID related or be, just in general? Just in general. It okay. might just be because it's New York. There's a lot of people. But I'm That's just true. like, can everyone please get out of my way? And then I, I should probably yeah. also make grocery lists. Oh, I, I always need to make a list. And I always think I won't need one. And then I always forget the thing that I most needed to get almost mm-hmm. every, every single time. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but also as so Karen is a major hit with her demo and she gets called to go first of all, she gets called to go back to do another demo. And I love how like casual they are with the stage manager. She's like, hey, is it cool if Karen leaves? And she's like, I, I think so. And I'm like, yeah, what stage manager? Happen. That was not a casual occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen here, Ann Hereda, I don't believe you. I just don't <laughs> think this happened. Ugh. But as she's leaving, we see the entrance of Ivy's mom, Lee Conroy, played by two-time Tony winner, Bernadette Peters. And she and <laughs> is talked into doing an impromptu performance of Everything's Coming Up Roses. Oh, and notice, Ka- notice Karen stays. Karen stays. I got Karen, you have places to be, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know why they thought we needed a shot of Karen watching Bernadette Peters. Like, we don't need this moment for Karen. Like, can we just... Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I guess we need the moment of I, her noticing that Ivy looks uncomfortable while her mom's singing. Maybe it's supposed to be some humanization. I'm not sure. But it was a little yeah. odd. I'm like, you have... I thought you had somewhere to be, Karen. <laughs> Suddenly we're sticking out for Bernadette. Bye, Karen. Come on, Karen. <laughs> uh, and also... I always, whenever I watch this, I always think it sounds like Bernadette's doing it live on set. I think she, I thought about that. I think she is. Yeah, because it doesn't sound mixed. Or and anything. you can look, you can if you can like kind of tell when you see her, <laughs> the veins. <laughs> she know. does have those neck veins going on. Uh, I really, was, yeah, I really, and she, that was probably her idea. She was like, "I'll only be singing live." She's like, "I'm an actual Broadway star, so I will do my live." <laughs> I'm a real apologist for Bernadette Peters and Gypsy. I know a lot of people like to shit on Bernadette Peters and Gypsy and say that she was terrible, but I, I, I am always down for her as Mama. Uh, she is. I think that you know it was crucial that she did that role. She's not the one I pick, though. You she's know, not my obviously. favorite. No, she's not my favorite. For me, it's but, Patty. But I don't know. oh, Patty, Patty is probably my favorite. Yeah, I can't lie. I also love uh, Andrew Lansbury. She's also very good. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man. Anyway, I don't know if I have got too many things to be excited about. Like Bernadette <laughs> Peters. I've had a love for Bernadette Peters since I discovered her, like, in high school. And then I just researched everything she ever did. And I she, have, so many, I, of, I have so many of her albums. She just is Broadway. Like, she is everything. Yeah, I, I remember, so I saw Hello, Dolly twice. Ooh. The first time was with Bed Midler, and that was mm-hmm. cool. But I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't really grow up on Bed Midler, right? So then when I saw Bernadette, I like, I wept. I was like, this is just hearing 
yeah. her voice like fill a space was I was like this is Broadway like this is like especially that show was like more, more traditional mm-hmm. and I was just like this is the Broadway experience yeah like I love Bette Midler and I'm happy she got to do it I'm happy she got her Tony and all that fun stuff but like I almost could have seen Bernadette doing it originally over Bat. I think because mm-hmm. I I like Bette Midler and I'm obviously like Hocus Pocus was like big with me but other than like Hocus Pocus, she wasn't really big in my 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 I adolescence. Think it's like an age thing. Like I don't know. I feel like she was somebody that you had to like have been there for. You know, she's not someone yeah. that people can like. Parents don't really pass down Bette Midler. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think maybe we watched Beaches, maybe, but it didn't stick with me. I mean, the first Wives Club is great, but the first Wives Club is more like. I more watch that for Goldie Hawn than I watch it for Ben mm-hmm. Midler because mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn is goddess. I'm... Wait, what about um Tanking? Did you ever see Nicole Kidman's version of Stepford Wives? Yes, of course. Bette Midler's in there. She is in there, and I do love her in that movie. <laughs> I love Bette Midler. It's just like I would have the idea of like one of those two women walking down the like notorious Hello Dolly stairs and that whole moment, it's much more about uh part of that for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i would have lost my mind so i can't same but that audience i mean first of all it was literally all these old gay white men <laughs> <I bet>. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um and i actually went with an old gay white man oh nice who actually ended up leaving at intermission you know <gasps> oh. life's weird with feelings oh, yeah. <laughs> but um the audience <laughs> was obsessed with Bette midler they lo- they you know they just ate every single move up Mm-hmm. and so i'm i feel like and she also like had like producing credits because of her name selling most of the yeah, tickets no, no. so i you know hats off to that she did her thing but it's bernadette for me was the crowd as equally excited when you saw bernadette was there equal it wasn't fanfare? the same oh, it's so sad. Is, right? in a broadway sad. theater you know you'd think well, and I've seen clips of Bernadette, and I actually thought she did more with the part. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm biased because I mm-hmm. am a Bernadette fan. But I was just... When I saw... I mean, granted, when you're playing Dolly, I do think it, you are kind of hiring the persona of the performer rather than watching someone become Dolly Levi. It's kind mm-hmm. of just whatever you... Because, like, you know, uh, Carol Channing's Dolly is very different than Bette Midler's Dolly, which mm-hmm. is very different than Pearl Bailey's Dolly. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're all so different. But I just I I just love Bernadette so much. If you want some tea, I, I always want tea. So, uh, well, so I guess there was drama between you know Scott Rudin and Audra McDonald because mm. they he produced Shuffle Along. Yeah, and she you know got pregnant and tell people, and then she had to leave the show, mm-hmm. and he blamed her for them having to close the show. Mm, I like that. So apparently he offered to her to replace Bette Midler in Hello Dolly. Audra McDonald? Yes, which is a strange... A tad young, a tad young. A tad, a tad young, a strange... You know, the range is interesting. You know, it's just yeah, a, yeah, a strange... Yeah. I mean, love Audra McDonald. God and, is, you know, like, yeah. but she would have, you know, helped sell the tickets as well as, you know, Bette Midler did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... He was like, and then she said she wouldn't do it, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, why is why would Audrey McDonald replace something, you know? And so, and then they, so they still, they had a big falling out. 
because of that. It's always funny when I see, because I I think of when Bernadette Peters replaced um, Catherine Zeta Jones mm-hmm. in a little night music. Though I heard, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna like my voice is like. <laughs> okay we're good now no um have you ever heard the behind the scenes stuff on a little night music with Mm-mm. i heard now i don't i've still never been able to find like concrete proof but i've just heard this from a couple different people um i heard that bernadette was originally supposed to do a little night music like open it she was supposed to like open the show and then mm. the angela lansbury was kind of like well we need someone that can like really sell tickets because i can't sell that many tickets so then they got Captain Zeta Jones mm-hmm. um, which sounds just ridiculous to me that you would replace Bernadette Peters with Captain Zeta Jones um, that, I mean that would make sense because it was strange that at the time I mean I guess she does do replacement stuff and she came in and killed I mean like mm-hmm. she got such better reviews than you know God bless Captain Zeta Jones mm-hmm. um, I love Captain Zeta Jones but I, I did think she was uh, a little miscast in that part because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a little older. She's supposed to be a little more like plain look. Not mm-hmm. that Bernadette Peters is like plain looking, but like but Catherine is strike striking. Yeah, like it didn't make sense that that guy would be you know stringing her along for a younger woman. It was just odd. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, still won a Tony for it, so I guess whatever. It's all good in the head. But I, I love her think... voice on the soundtrack. Just her speaking voice on the soundtrack. <sighs> I do love her speaking voice. I always I wanted to get a re-record of that album though with Bernadette and Elaine Stritch. That would have been a wonderful moment. I would have loved it. There's also a girl in the ensemble of um that show who has a few solos and her name is Betsy Morgan. I'm obsessed. Everyone YouTube her. She's so talented. She's the best singer in the whole show. Okay. I don't know her. I have to look ensemble. her up. <laughs> oh my. All right. All right. She understudied uh Ariel and Little Mermaid under Sierra Vargas, yeah. Okay. Well, let me... (laughs) I could go in so many tangents. So back (laughs) in the world of Smash, (laughs) we also see Michael's wife and son enter the... I'm going to say enter the workroom. I've been watching too much Rebel Shot Guys. Enter the the rehearsal space, um, which sends Julia over the edge. This scene was truly insane. She just leaves, leaves the rehearsals the day before the workshop and it's just like with tom like i have to go i have to go home and he's like okay like i just would have been like you should have been like you didn't get your shit together it was the right. day before and i'm sorry now you're having a i just julia by this point was just driving me nuts on the show because she's and i get that when you're you know having an affair you're making reckless decisions so i guess it's realistic but it was just like girl Come yeah, on, what I are don't, you doing? That moment was a little bit too much for me. A little too much, yes. Um, after rehearsal, we do cut to Ivy's apartment where she's finally left alone with her mother. And this leads into our first clip of the episode. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. with two-time Tony winner, Bernadette Peters. Oh my goodness. Wow. He's got millions, he's got glasses, he's got a yacht. It's not nerves, it's the prednisone. 
I got these sleeping pills, but I don't want to start taking one thing on top of another. I want a Tony without any of it. Look at that magnetism. No wonder you're nervous. I don't know how you're going to pull that off. <laughs> wow, what a lovely pep talk from the mom. It's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow, yeah. what a prickly moment. So the mom is prickly. She mm -hmm. is definitely that type of mom that we have all, uh, I think, experienced in the theater. She is Gypsy. Gypsy Rose Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. I also love, I mean, I, I talked about this on a previous episode. When we first ever, like, hear anything from Ivy's mom, it's, like, over the phone. And her mom's very much like, what's theater? Wait, what's a callback? And then mm -hmm. it's so weird that they completely reworked it as like she's now a tony winning actress it's just like i didn't catch that it's i mean it's like the first it's like the pilot it's or i think it's either the pilot or the one after but she's like talking to her mom on the phone and her mom's like a clueless a clueless woman about the theater and oh, so i don't know maybe they just got they got bernadette peters and maybe they went what if we just reworked it like she's <laughs> i mean i actually i mean i like that dynamic much better because mm -hmm. we already have Karen's clueless parents. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Need... Maybe that was it. Maybe that was the thing. They were like, we don't need two sets of clueless parents. Right, like, you're right. great. Like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Um, yeah. Also, I'm just like, woman, again, it's like, I'm like, woman, it is the night before the workshop. Could you possibly, like, like reel this in and not mm -hmm. say this to your daughter the mm -hmm. night before like the biggest opportunity of her life so that's a whole thing i can't um because <laughs> so, like i don't know like i just i the the writing with the mom is a little clunky to me because i they they explain it later in the episode like she's like oh i'm just actually really worried for you but that's not it doesn't come off that way it comes off just like bitch mother i don't know right i agree with you um but i mean the writing on this show it takes a journey <laughs> it does because it's just like to me like a lot of the relationship building Mm -hmm. was rough in the writing like every yeah. single relationship oh i mean i i don't i didn't touch on it much in the notes because i don't care that much but we get like more stuff with um tom and the hot the hot lawyer the hot mm -hmm. lawyer mm -hmm. and th that whole thing i'm just like what was the purpose of this hot lawyer like it just seems like it's just taking up screen time for nothing because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. all that really happens with him is he comes to the workshop and then tom is like super rude to him that's the entire thing. And I'm just like, what, what is the point of this? Like, I wonder if they knew that the Leslie Odom Jr. stuff was going to, like, come flaring up at... May, also, I'm almost like, maybe was there just chemistry between those two during, like, their first few scenes together and they just reworked mm -hmm. it? Because I just don't... I don't understand the purpose of the hot lawyer. Yeah, I think it was random. Um, I also think it even... The I mean the Leslie and Christian Borrell relationship makes sense, mm -hmm. but I just still opposite the track. Yes, yes, and like you know he was a composer and mm -hmm, he was mm -hmm. an ensemble, and... and they're both cute. You know, like mm -hmm. go for it. Lots of straight men playing gay guys. Both straight, yeah. 
but at the time i was completely buying it like uh i i forgot that christian i knew that christian Moore was not gay because of the whole uh you know shenanigans with legally blonde and him mm-hmm. and uh, laura Mahoney. um but at the time like it, miss you know i just thought leslie Adam jr was gorgeous at the time so i was just kind of like he must be gay because he's gorgeous yeah they're like <laughs> that's the way that works right <laughs> <laughs> Christian Borrell is actually coming. He used to be a regular at my coffee shop. Oh, really? So nice. Oh, good. I was going to say. So nice, nice, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some other tea with him and Jeremy Jordan. Oh, I guess that's Smash related. We can talk about that. <laughs> Jeremy Jordan joins the cast of Smash. Yes. Um, but he, I guess, Jeremy Jordan replaced... Guy from Spring Awakening in Little Shop of Boys. Oh, Jonathan. Wait, no. Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff. Oh, Jonathan Groff. Okay. Yeah, and then I guess. Oh, was Jonathan Groff going to play that part? Jonathan Groff played Seymour. Oh, I see what you said. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought you were saying he was going to play the part on Smash, and then Jeremy Jordan. Oh no! Okay, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, and I guess. No one got along with Jeremy Jordan. And you know, I have a weird thing with Jeremy Jordan. Christian Borrell, especially, I guess, didn't really get along. It's the word on the street. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because and I cannot for the life of me remember who told me this, but someone else that either worked with him or knew someone that was in the ensemble of a show had also said that he was not the most pleasant person mm. in the world. Um, I've always had a thing with him where I'm like, he's very talented, but like he has this like cockiness to him that's not like the cutest thing to watch. I do think he's talented, but I, I don't really like him as an actor. I, I, I think his voice is the like the definitive Broadway sound. Like he sure. is supposed to, that voice is amazing. Great, I'll never great. take that from him. <laughs> I do regularly watch the video of him singing "Cut Print Moving On" from the Bond yes, because it is so really good. good. It's, it's like, so it's like perfect. perfect. I remember being so mad that he came out to sing that song. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? They didn't give it to Catherine." Mm-hmm. And then, like halfway through, I went, "Okay, this is pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, this is good. Oh man! Well, down at the bushwhack, we see Eileen <laughs> getting a connection from the hot bartender for a plumber who can hopefully fix the boiler in the rehearsal space before the workshop performance. Uh, what do you think of the hot bartender? Do you also find hot bartender to be hot? I find him to be hot and good um, for Eileen. And good for Eileen. <laughs> and I thought that was good, right? That was one. They, 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 yeah, like all of her stuff. I don't know if it's just because Angelica Houston is such a good actress that she can make the material. Yeah, I really, I, I feel everything she's going through. Mm-hmm. I love it. Maybe I love it's her. her acting because she is. I mean, she's a, I mean, amazing actress forever. I've mm-hmm. always been obsessed with her, and I think she just understood about... the tone of the show. Right, she knew the assignment. She knew the assignment. <laughs> she did. Um, she, can she, we she talk pretty. about? Okay, Deborah Messing. Mm-hmm. I loved Will and Grace so much growing up. Same. I thought she was so beautiful and just so good. Mm-hmm. But then when I see her in other roles, I'm like, I don't know if it's just because I just can only ever see Grace. Yeah, yeah. But I just can't believe her characters <laughs> a lot of the time. I have that same thing because I think 
because I watched Will and Grace like every day after school. I was obsessed with it. Like had the box, the box DVD sets, all that stuff. And I think she's amazing on that show. I actually think she's a really I'm incredible so on Will and Grace. And she's they show you so much, you know, so many different layers. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe that's just it. It's it's, it's such a hard role to live up to, and I just honestly. I don't know if just because she hasn't been offered the best things or hasn't chosen the right product. I do think she has moments of being very good on Smash, mm-hmm. but then there are other episodes where I'm like, I'm not buying this. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm not buying mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. And granted, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, I've brought this up, I think every episode, but Teresa Rebeck, who you know created the show, like wrote most of the scripts. Apparently her character was based off of, Teresa like a lot and so I wonder if maybe there's some ego from the writer going into her writing and so because sometimes we get so much Julia content in an episode where I'm like this is the least interesting plot line Mm -hmm. like all that's going on with Julia is she's having an affair like this is like that's we already touched that and that's something that like we don't need to talk about every single fucking episode <laughs> well and also i just don't believe for a second that she wouldn't have said to michael like okay so here's the deal if we're gonna have an affair when we're in the rehearsal space nothing we don't we don't flirt we don't touch we don't kiss you don't talk right. to me like you like and so he's because he's always like g- going to grab her or going to kiss her like in the hallway outside the rehearsal space and it just seems a little unbelievable it seems like a little it's just seemed like they wanted that to be caught on camera like oh we need him like trying to flirt with her but i don't think anyone would actually be operating this way i feel like most of the times when i find out that there's been an affair on a show i've worked on i'm more like oh my god really because it's like so stealthy so i think mm-hmm. he could have been a little more stealthy is all i would say i agree and it just feels like he's just He's like bulldozing with it, right? Mm-hmm. He's being inappropriate. And, He's being like borderline, right. like almost. I won't say you harassing because they're having a consensual thing, but like, yeah. Well, you would have thought that he was single. Like he yeah. almost acts as if he doesn't have anything to lose. That's yeah, exactly. I think he either needed to be single, like make his character single, or. I don't know or like make him show him like an unhappy relationship at home or something but whenever they mm-hmm. show him and his wife they you know seemingly every and granted i know you know i've never had an affair as i said but i, I hear they're complicated um you know i'm sure it's not always because you're just like in an awful relationship that you have an affair it can be like boredom it can be like many things but it's just weird like they have a fresh baby they have a baby that's like two years old or like something like things seem to be going great over there yeah so it's so yeah why? when they, when she shows up to visit he's all like oh my god it's my family i'm so happy and so it's just weird it's just weird writing this show and but yeah that's and he, try, he like show. acts like it's all normal yeah yeah it's just ugh, i can't even uh, did i uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh yeah okay i was like where are we <laughs> okay we i lost track for a second <laughs> oh my god so on the day of the workshop karen gets a phone call from bobby raskin to come meet him but uh and dancers jessica and bobby tell her she is nuts to miss out on the opportunity but she decides to stay for the workshop performance what do you think of this did she do the right thing should she have taken the call She's being paid two hundred dollars a week. She should have taken the call. I agree. I oh, I mean, at this point, she's, she's 
I think at this Ivy point she's not even. Yeah, and like, and also, at this point, Karen's not even the understudy. She's not even like she's just in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I don't, I don't know. I mean. I guess, but in a way, though, it makes perfect sense for Karen, though, because I could see a girl from Iowa. This is, like, her first big Broadway show. She's probably like, what if I leave and nothing even happens, and then I get blacklisted, and then I don't work in this, you know, town, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah. But she doesn't seem to be doing a lot in the ensemble. At um, all. I say shenanigans. Silly. Oh, man. But we also see Julia tell Michael that Leo knows about their affair and decides to end things. We then see Derek, clearly nervous about the workshop, sitting down with Eileen for a quick chat, which leads into our next clip from Smash. Oh my god. Oh god. You know, early on in my so-called career, I was working on a new play. Promising young playwright, lovely little theatre. And one day we turned up and the roof had caved in because of a snowstorm. And the leading lady got SARS. <laughs> Do you remember SARS? Yeah. And finally, a divan we had on set got bedbugs. Well, that's quite a story. Mm-hmm. My point, Eileen, is that sometimes a project is cursed. Derek, this workshop is going to happen today as scheduled, and it's going to be brilliant because the material is brilliant and the songs are brilliant and you're truly a great enough director to justify your behavior. Is that supposed to be flattery? You can take it however you like. But we're going to make a hit out of this because Marilyn deserves it. Who the hell is that in my boiler room? I called a plumber. I want him out of here immediately. Not before the heat is fixed. Fine, I'm calling the cops. Oh, call the cops. And I'll call the Schubert's and the Niederlanders. They all have studios here, and I'm sure they'll be extremely interested to find out just how badly this building is maintained. Anyone gets hurt, it's on your head. No one's going to get hurt. Ooh, Eileen, drag him. (laughs) The sass of it all. The sass of it all, but really and truly. Do you think that she has blinders on with the show in terms of seeing problems, or do you think that he's being overdramatic? Well, she has to push through, you know, her future is kind of riding on it money-wise, you know? Yeah. And so she's like, we're we're making this shit happen. Yeah, like, it's so funny. The show, like, I've never worked on a workshop. So I don't know how long, I mean, I'm not insane. It is insane. I think that they're doing a workshop after, like, what, two months of working on this material? Like, it's it's really Mm -hmm. insane. But... I just wonder, like, they still seem like the script is not even finished. Like, there are moments where they're like, let's fix this scene. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just wondering how, like, realistic this is. Like, is this, mm-hmm. is, this, is this real? Is this TV shenanigans? The workshoppy things that I've done are this way. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, God. Changes being made <sighs> constantly. That's like, even when you see, like, have you ever seen like a bootleg, a Broadway bootleg of like a pre-Broadway production? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they're literally in the theater and they've still made changes, like, you know? True. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's stuff like I'll see shows that I've known forever, and then I'll watch like early previews, like first week of previews, and I'm like, mm-hmm. holy hell. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's it just see like oh, that's where I'm like I'm maybe I'm not cut out for I would never like I'm or I, always, like, I saw shuffle along. Mm-hmm. I saw a preview, Broadway preview of it. And then I saw it afterwards. Yeah. And like there was like a whole song added. <laughs> oh my god. And I, they wanted to give this um ensemble girl a like moment, a vocal moment. A vocal moment. So they like added a whole song. I was like, wow, they, these things can really change. Yeah, I mean, I think the first show I ever truly started to realize what happens in previews and stuff was when I would listen to early stuff with Rent before it had like transferred to Broadway or like really even like open open and it was like I mean it was like more or less the same show but there were a lot of songs where I was like wow these are bad lyrics like they mm-hmm. definitely it worked on <laughs> R.I.P. Jonathan Larson but like <laughs> I was like wow they really worked on this so it just it just mostly this just stresses me out to see mm-hmm. so much last minute stuff. I'm like, oh god, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. <laughs> Give me a script. <laughs> Give me a bit of script. I don't want some I don't want some pink pages with new lines on it. I don't want them. Oh god. Well, so right before the workshop, we see Ivy vent to Tom about her nerves and anxiety about her mother being in the crowd. Tom lets her know she's brilliant and that she's born to play Marilyn. We then see hot bartender let Eileen know that the furnace is still not fixed. She ends up inviting him to stay and watch the show. We also see Bernadette Peter slash Ivy's mom enter at the very last minute to grab her seat, getting one last bit of attention before the workshop starts. Uh, The show goes mostly well. There are still a few flubs. Now, whenever I watch this workshop episode, because I've watched it several times, I always feel like the the flubs that they put in for Ivy are a little heavy-handed like a little to me it was like obvious like like come on <laughs> like i get that's supposed to be hot and maybe this is like oh no everything's just like sweaty and like gross or something mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. like her slipping off first of all her slipping off of those bats i never even understood how her sitting on those bats was supposed to work that just seemed very dangerous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't like it um but also also I mean, if you were in a workshop like that yeah. That stuff happens all the time. That's like not a big deal. They made like a huge deal. Like she was like, <laughs> oh God. I'm like, yeah, stop. I Just keep going. I it's a workshop. <laughs> like she doesn't even like fall off the couch. She just like sort of shifts on yes. wait, wait, a bad couch, a bad stage couch, I have to yes. say. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, is that just literally a couch with wheels on it? And I gotta say, like, where's the base? Where's where can we put our feet as actors? Where's our safety? Uh, yeah, but like, also, I don't believe for a second, and I guess you could say it's nerves, but she's such a professional, like she's been doing this for like a decade. And I don't believe for a second that she would show it on her face that much, especially especially up to this point, we've known her to like thrive off of pressure and thrive Mm -hmm. off of adrenaline. So I always just felt this was like the show's way of like, okay, how do we make her look weak? So we have a reason to replace her. It felt... Mm -hmm very heavy-handed tv writing i agree i agree wholeheartedly i just can't uh, especially like um especially the bats the bats part was when i went like this is this is stupid and i don't like mm-hmm. this i like how they're making miss megan hilty look bad and i don't i don't i don't i feel like that. they also wanted to give um 
because Angelica Houston's character was so like she's like this is gonna be great and so I wanted them to I feel like they wanted us to see something that made her doubt herself maybe maybe yeah I just yeah I just wish they could have I wish they could have I was gonna say like portrayed that more with the material but all the songs are pretty solid but like Mm -hmm. maybe they could have shown like the book being really like weak and clunky like I think that would have made more sense to me and actually I think would have been more um earned uh criticism for Julia who's been like distracted during this entire process so wait did we pass the part yet where they do that scene where she's reading we did pass i didn't i didn't touch on that but there is that 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 was weird that was weird very um art imitating life imitating yes yes yes. um (laughs) where he improvises lines and they're like that's pretty good and then yeah i can't i can't we all know what's going on (laughs) i think everybody in the room is like we get it you're fucking like (laughs) we we get it oh man what i will say though um he has my favorite number of the episode, though, the on less than 50 seconds straight. I think mm-hmm, that's one of the mm-hmm. best songs. It's so good. It is so good. Um, we then see Tom overhearing Derek telling Ivy she needs to get her head in the game and focus or the show will fall apart. That seemed insane to me as well. Because mm-hmm. first of all, I none of... The thing is, like, none of the mistakes that were happening seemed like things that she was doing. It just seemed like you know it's a well yeah like you said it's a fucking workshop like what do you expect we don't have mm-hmm. final set we don't have final props or anything it's just they don't even have ac <laughs> the, so. don't even oh my god i can't even i kept trying to think like can we at least like open those windows or something like my mm-hmm. god good lord i feel like also they were trying to like show like that she was nervous in front of her mom yeah but they just overdid it <laughs> overdid it i don't agree with that mm-hmm. yeah it's just too much uh the workshop ends with the number on lexington 52nd street which shows to have a lot of the dna of michael and julia's affair in it we even that's like that i will say that was a really good just the way they shot it and everything and especially when they did that solo little little follow spot on on mr i was almost called her grace adler on <laughs> <laughs> um the drama but i also was like ugh, straight people like my god we get it you slept together my god just go home to your families just get um, over just let's get just over stop. yourself <laughs> get over yourself uh after the workshop ivy gets her mother's thoughts on the show which leads her feeling a little uh rejected and a little looked over by her mother which leads to an intense moment Later, before she leaves town, Ivy's mom tries to finally explain her feelings to Ivy, and this leads to our next clip. Ivy. It's hard for me to watch you. I never wanted you to do this. Yes, Mom, that's very clear. I know I haven't been the greatest mother. I know that. But I know how heartbreaking this world is. I can't stand to watch you go through everything I went through. Even now, I wish you'd find something else. Not because you're not good at it. Because you're my daughter. And I love you. And for years I've watched as people without an ounce of your talent have passed you by. 
<laughs> That's the theater. But your day will come because there's no question. You're a star. Oh, what a lovely moment. What a lovely Hallmark moment. Uh, I also, though, I can't help but be reminded of the witch. <laughs> it's, very, it's very witchy. Don't it's very witchy. This tower. <laughs> Don't you know what's out there in the world? I, if she could have sung that here, that would have been great. <laughs> we get lots of glee style musical numbers. I would have piped that here. I just want her burst. Yes. Why yeah. not? I, mean, I, if it was up to me, Bernadette would be on every episode, but I guess that'd be too much, but that's fine. I just think she's such a, like, she always pops in on TV shows and just gives these, like, solid performances, like, every time. And I'm like, why aren't you the lead of your own damn show? I mean, I know she had, like, she had Mozart in the jungle for a while. I think that's... I tried that one. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't either. I really wanted to, because I wanted to support my girl, but... Yeah, I was the same. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. She has an Amazon show. Oh, my goodness. And I think I watched like three episodes and I was like, I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear it got better, but I just, whenever people say a show gets better, I'm like, but that's a lot of investment. I know. Like, it's a lot of I, so You're telling me that I have to put long. up, I have to put up with the bad part first before I do Especially if they say, like, oh, if you can just make it to season three, I'll be like, season I'm like, three. <laughs> Literally get so. out. <laughs> God. I remember people used to say that about Shits Creek to me. Like, like oh, just get to season two. And like now I just love the whole thing. But at the time I was like, That's a lot. I was gonna say, I feel like you would love it. I oh now I love it. Huge Shits Creek fan. But I mean, I think it's a good show and I <laughs> yeah. I'm happy for them all. For I'm happy all for them all. You know, but it has enough fans, you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't need another one. <laughs> they don't need you. <laughs> You're like, I'll be here watching my Buffy. Literally the same episodes <laughs> of the same shows over and over again. You know, if we can get reboots of everything, why can't we get a Buffy reboot? Which, granted, now there's all that awkward Joss Whedon stuff. So I guess it's. I know. Well, do you know about? Um, I think it's Regina King is producing something called Slay. Oh. And it's supposed to be kind of like loosely based oh on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Universe. I did not know this. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Fierce. It's called Slate, but it's also on the CW, so how good could it possibly be? Although <laughs> I recently started watching the new like Superman and Lois. Oh my, really? Yes, and it is not bad. It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. I'm you a know, little biased because I love superhero shit, but are you, are you like are you a big like superhero nerd? Are you like in, into mm-hmm. that on the regular? Mm-hmm. See, I've always been like, oh no, like I like I I think it's because like most superhero stuff is more like male driven, and I'm more into like the ladies. I'd mm-hmm. rather watch material with, with my ladies. Um, so I don't know. Where is this next I feel clip? that. I feel that. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the next clip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hiding from me. Okay, well, that's not totally. Um, blah blah blah. I'll cut this out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so the episode ends with the creative team discussing the plan going forward after seeing mixed reviews about the workshop. Eileen mentions the idea of hiring a star to play Marilyn and the names she lists for Marilyn. 
start off logical and then they go to a crazy place which is oh, like gosh. i have scarlett johansson's number yeah. i have michelle williams or sutton foster i was like okay the first two i can like understand what you're trying to say um, well not with the score but like just to play Marilyn. i'm like okay i can see what you're doing right. but like sutton foster is not Marilyn. never that's not it that's not never. that's i mean i love <laughs> i i like miss foster but it is it's not her part it's not her part um yeah, I also love that they like kind of bleed into reality with Michelle Williams, who literally played it in the movie. Like, I know, yeah, so funny, right? And she also has done, you know, she did cabaret. She, she did could cabaret. do this just as well as uh, Uma Thurman, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's coming up. Um, oh, uh, Tom, uh, but then Tom fights for Ivy to stay with the show. He also suggests that they fire Michael Swift to further help the show. Julia has an awkward moment and uh, begrudgingly agrees. And just like that, he's let go from the show. Did you think this was the right thing to do or was it unfair to make him lose a job uh, for a decision she also made? It's hard because he was very persistent mm-hmm. you know like after she said like this is a bad idea he kind of like, yeah. kept doing it so i i almost i do feel bad for him professionally i don't think that that you know but I he also got sloppy on his yes. own of his, of his own accord yes so, and i've said this before he looks nothing like joe dimaggio yeah <laughs> like yeah. just from a purely like you're playing joe dimaggio i never understood why they cast i mean will chase is great but like for this particular purpose i was like you could not look less like this man if you mm-hmm. wanted to and they didn't even like it'd be different if him. he wasn't like it wasn't a, if her husband wasn't famous but like yeah you have to have someone that looks very like italian him. very italian very italian Oh gosh. And then I don't really care about this, but the episode does close with Julia giving the news to her son Leo that oh God, I can't stand. I can't stand Leo. I also Leo don't like maybe this is maybe some parenting le- levels are this way, but I just like I mean dynamics are this way, mm-hmm. but you don't tell your son. That's not his business. No. Granted, That's she made it. You and your husband. Yeah, granted, she made it sort of his business when she was making out outside of his fucking bedroom window, That's and then weird. he saw them. But yeah. then, like, I was laughing. Like, the son is cannot keep a secret because when like the dad comes home in the episode before this, he literally might as well be like, "Hey, mom, uh, mom cheated on you while you were gone." Oh my god, <laughs> I don't remember that. Because he he like walks in the door and she's like, "Oh." you know, oh, I, I hope you never leave again. And then he's like, yeah, I hope you don't. <laughs> and just like, just like, he's so like, like he's could like, not be indicating anymore. I'm like, we get it. Like, like, mm-hmm, like yeah, mom. I mean that, it's that, very <laughs> that. And to the point where I'm like, Leo, cut the shit. Like, <laughs> to the point where I'm like, there's no way the dad would have been like, what's, what's up with you? What's I also like here? my, I think that also like my parents were so strict and we were so afraid of them that whenever I see like teenagers on TV, like acting that way, mm-hmm. I'm always just like, Oh, same. Oh my God. <laughs> Anytime I ever raised my voice to my parents, it led to a moment. Like it was not, uh, they, I mean, not saying they were like abusive or anything, but it was just like it was intense. It would be mm-hmm. an intense moment. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "What'd you say to me?" I'm like, "Never mind, never mind." Uh, I remember one time I said, 
I couldn't even say what. Like, if I didn't hear what my mom said, and mm-hmm. I said what, <laughs> I, you were supposed to say excuse me or what did you say? Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even. That's oh man. But yeah, we see him crying, crying in her arms. I don't know, having a moment. <laughs> moment. He just wants his baby sister, which it's they don't they don't touch this adoption for like so long, and then it always like comes like back into the right. Body. And then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot they were trying to adopt the child. But like, why did we need an adoption and an affair? It's like a lot, and all for Julia. She's just just let her write the show. I'm like, what's, right. what's going on here? Well, that leads us to the end of the episode, which leads to something I do every episode, which is we have something called the Maryland Leaderboard, which either me or the guests can give points to Ivy or Karen from any moment during the episode that you thought was a true Maryland moment. And then at the end of the season, I will count up all the points and we will see who is the definitive Maryland. Would you like to give any Maryland points for this episode to either lady? Uh, Okay, for this episode, I mean... Ivy gets it because of the, um, you know, the situation with her mother. Uh, yeah. The the dr- the drug. We're starting to see her dependence. The prednisone. Yes. They love to bring up that prednisone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we start to see some of that. Mm. So two points. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm trying. To, there's one for Karen, in there somewhere. A point for Karen. I mean, oh yeah, and then maybe not in this episode. Let's <laughs> say I actually think she was very non-Marilyn in this episode because I think Marilyn would have taken that phone call and she would have gone to see what's his bedoodle. Right, she's not hungry enough. She's not ready to shed that good girl Iowa image yet. She's just still holding on to like she's. A, that's very Norma Jean. That is very Norma Jean, but not very Marilyn. You're right. <laughs> I think, can I? You know, I, I think the show is trying to be like this is. Yeah, you know, she's the Norma Jean. She's the Marilyn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I think I I think Karen is also a little bit of a people pleaser and doesn't like people being mad at her. And so mm-hmm. I think because it almost feels like more fear of like people are gonna be mad at me if I leave. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's based on anything. First of all, she had no problem leaving the day before just to like you know go cut that demo like why not go and actually meet this guy especially in the in the in the world of the show he's supposed to be like a huge guy in the music industry i'm like girl like i get it you're being loyal and that's very you know admirable but you're being paid 200 hours a week to sing in the background and sway which is great we love a chorus member but i don't know i still can't get over that um lilius white and i have this book called um dames of broadway oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it, the guy's interviewing all of these tony award-winning ladies mm-hmm. lilius white says that you know she was doing a show and there was a girl in the ensemble and she was a dancer she's like she was a cute little dancer girl she was very sweet um but one day she was just didn't come to rehearsal and i was like where'd that girl go and they were where'd like girl go? and they were like Oh, uh, she's gone. Um, she got some record deal or something, so now she's gone. And then Lily's wife says, "Now that girl's Madonna." So, bitch, what show was it? <laughs> I don't remember. Wow, I do not remember. But yeah, so it's so weird to imagine cool. Madonna in the ensemble of a Broadway musical. I know it's, <laughs> it's mostly crazy. because I love. My, but before I mean, you get that big call. 
I guess. And and maybe it was more for her dancing because I love Madonna, but she's never like an incredible vocalist. Like you know, she, I don't really I'm not like Madonna's person. She's not my diva. She, I, I have I respect of, for she her. She has a couple of songs that I love, love. Yeah, but. same. And I did genuinely like her in like a league of her own. Um, you know, I I I did it's weird. Like I both think she's good in Evita but bad because of how much they had to change the material to make it I work think she's for her. so bad. <laughs> I think she's so bad in Avita. And Avita was actually my introduction to, because my parents didn't listen to Madonna. So yeah. my introduction to Madonna was Avita. Oh, that's And I remember okay. saying, oh my God, this lady, I'm like, this is the lady that people talk about all the time. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, Evita on stage is such a powerhouse vocal part. And yet, all of the people they looked at were like her, Michelle Pfeiffer, like people that are like not a singer. That's because they do this. Is, you know, these movie musicals, they always do this. It's it's always a minor. They do it less now than they did back then. It's getting better. It's getting better. We still get some weird things once in a while, though. Yes. Like Miss Emma Watson and Beauty and the Beast. I will never forget that. Oh my god! I can't. That was so bad. So bad. Like, and, and especially because the movie was actually good. Really good. That's what's unfortunate. It's just that she was so bad. Can you imagine if they had cast someone that could actually do it? Oh, all the time. I'm like, what if that had been uh, like even someone like Emmy Rossum or like uh, Anne Hathaway or mm-hmm. um, or fucking anybody? I don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it could have been hell. It could have been like. If you want to make it young, it could have been like a Zendaya or someone. Like it could have mm-hmm. been like anyone, anyone, anyone that could literally just—you don't even have to be the best singer, but you got to do something now, that and you got to be able to artist. make. And you'd have to be able to move your face, mm-hmm. move the muscles in your face. It <sighs> uh... was so boring to watch because to me, I knew like I'm used to having to listen to that awful singing in these movie musicals, so I'm like. It's fine. Right. I can get past the lack of singing, but you didn't even do anything with the character. Well, and I always get nervous when someone is cast in a movie musical that we know nothing about their singing voice. Like, we're just mm-hmm. told to, like, go on faith. And I remember all the pre-interviews before that movie came out, all of the, like, Josh Gad would be on Watch What Happens Live. Was like, oh, she's actually an amazing singer. And I was like, I don't believe you. Like, I think you were up. told to say that. Because I'm worried right now, even though she's a goddess of acting, but I'm worried about Julianne Moore, who's about to be in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. And she has been on record saying, I am not a singer. Mm-hmm. Like, no one wants to hear me sing. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why are you in this movie? Mm-hmm. There's no way they cut that music. Like, that's like the... Uh, oh, I remember when they is announced... She the, is she... She's Evan's mom. She's the Rachel Bay Jones part. Yeah. Oh wow. Because I thought M- Amy Adams was that part, and she was the other mom. And I thought like, mm-hmm. oh okay, that works great. And then I was like, no no no, it's the other way around. I'm like, wait, so Amy Adams, who has the background in musical theater, is not the one with all the singing. So it's just weird. It's I. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, but again, we'll see. We'll this see. Is per- this is why they cast these. <sighs> this way because i will watch julianne moore do literally anything oh, I love so i'll watch you know so i'm like maybe i'm like hopeful i'm like well maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be good. <laughs> it's like the wicked dream casting of it all people are still like who are... i think it's so exciting though because we're so close to it actually being cast and actually being like a real movie that i'm like who is it gonna turn out to be after all this time mm-hmm. i 
Gosh, I will be so excited. Wicked was the last Broadway show I saw before the shutdown. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I was actually supposed to see it. <laughs> I saw I had two different friends got free tickets to it <laughs> in the span of, of like a week. So I saw it on a Tuesday and I was supposed to see it again that <laughs> following Sunday. Who was the Alphaba when you saw it? Who, who was doing the it? Alphaba was Jennifer Denoya or Denoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, she's yeah, done yeah. it a lot over the mm-hmm. years. She's not my favorite, to be honest. But the Glinda was Brittany. Uh, I forget her last name, but she was black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. The clips I've seen of her are really good. Yeah, she was great. She was amazing. Uh-huh. Um, but this the Sunday um, show that I was supposed to go see, mm-hmm. our tickets got canceled because the, the friends. My friend's job had given us all these t- tickets and they yeah. canceled their tickets. And I was like, oh, how dare they cancel their tickets? Like, that is so crazy. And then the next week, all of Broadway closed. <laughs> so, oh, my. Oh. oh, wicked. I just hope they I, cast it well. After all this time, I'm like, we want to hear the songs sung well. Like, let's be honest. And I hope that they think outside the box. Like, the, the main thing, especially with Alphaba, but really either, but Alphaba especially, I'm like, that could be anybody. That can be mm-hmm. like any race, any like it, like there's no reason it needs to be. I just feel like everyone always goes like maybe it'll be Anna Kendrick or uh Leah Michelle or and I'm like, can we like think outside the box here? Like mm-hmm. you could cast anyone. Literally so, anyone. I'm just gonna I be say, bummed I if it's like, a, like vanilla choice. I do like Rachel Ziegler a lot. I think she's <sighs> so talented. I will I in my dream cast, she's Nessa. Ooh. movie it could happen i mean if she pops off with west side story i'm excited for west side story. i mean she is so talented like that voice and she can do so much with it mm-hmm. it's so versatile Sorry. it could happen it could happen i mean and um i mean and the guy who's directing is the one who did in the heights so i don't know it, it, it could happen it could happen Mm. well this also leads to my my karen moment of the week that i do every episode which is just a moment where karen made me go oh karen uh (laughs) this week it's just karen after the workshop has been finished and she is commenting on how she fell off of the platform during the performance. So bonus. So it was hot. The show was fantastic. Yeah, and then you fell off the bleachers. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but Ivy was incredible. I was just so I don't know, overwhelmed. <laughs> Come on, Karen, get it together. Stop being a fangirl over Ivy. Also, something about that acting in there just was not hitting for me. I love. I mean, guys, I, I know I you're. Oh, she was just. So amazing. amazing. (laughs) We do at least get uh Wesley Taylor like uh, like dragging her a little bit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which what a lovely burst of energy Wesley Taylor always is on the show. Like get the camera on him. I'll get you some giggles. He like without he was like a staple of the show, honestly. He kind of replaced the original dude that originally was like the male dancer that we spent so much mm-hmm, time with. And they're mm-hmm. like, I can't. Well, I guess it's still, He's I, cute, I, I see him right here. He's still right there. He's Very fine. cute, but was not as uh, uh, extroverted as, mm-hmm. as Wesley Taylor. But mm-hmm. 
Well, that brings us to the end. Um, wow, like wow. we've made it through the workshop. We did it. <laughs> we're ready, ready to, for Broadway. Almost ready for Broadway. Almost ready for <laughs> a star to come in, maybe. I don't oh. know. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Stephen. Of course. It's my pleasure always. Would you like the listeners? I love the lit. Would you like to let the listeners? Can I talk? Okay. <laughs> Would you like to the listeners know where they can find you online and support yes, you? They can find me on Instagram, um, Stevens Believin. You know, Steven, letter S, Believin, with no Believin. G. Um, Lots yeah. of fun content. You know, I try. I try. Lots of belting. Um, you're you're the, Grande. Yeah, lots of Ariana Grande. <laughs> lots of, you're lots of, you're the account that always, it's like, I don't know if you guys remember this, and I'm always like, of course I remember it. It literally yeah. fulfills me so much because I swear to you, I grew up thinking that I was the only person doing all of these things. Same. Same. It's so and weird. then every day I find out something that literally everyone else is also doing. No, it makes me very happy because I used to think I was just this weird little kid that liked my little weird little things. And, I, you know, I was like, it's okay. No one likes it but me. And yeah. so when someone goes, I grew up watching. I can't even think of the last thing you you posted something recently. I was like, oh my god, it was something but, brandy related, I believe. Like I, I worshipped brandy oh, so much. Yeah. And then then you're like, oh, I'm not special. Oh, great, awesome. I'm not special, and that's okay. <laughs> my thing with brandy is she's even more talented now. Like I listen to her voice now. I'm like, Damn. it just like, oh god, it just like like a stew like you just like let everything just sit in there and it just gets better and better and better the longer it sits i remember people making fun of her being cast as roxy hart when she originally did it but then i watched clips from it i'm like she like crushed it i saw it in person she Uh, was uh, um i will say every she's a good little actress she has lots of comedic beats that she can pull out you know she was moesha she was come on she knows how to do this um and she she looked amazing in all the costumes um i will say i saw it like the first week that she's doing it mm-hmm. and she would do like a new riff every night and that <laughs> you could see because you can see the music conductor because the orchestra is on stage the whole time yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can see the lady just like cut her head over to, <laughs> <laughs> to brandy every time she does one of those random riffs like what are you doing but we the audience like was done we ate it right up like honestly after you've heard chicago a billion times you're like exactly. give me something new come on exactly and you're not gonna i don't ever want to see brandy without a riff no like you know it's like her staple so yeah oh my god it's I mean, like when... if you see ariana Grande without a ponytail come on do you think she'll ever lose the ponytail I, well, she started to post like more things of like her hair, like weaveless. Mm-hmm. So I think she, I think something's happening. Well, I heard a little a little thing about her is that she wants to get more into like getting into acting again. So I wonder if she's trying to neutralize her image more so she can be mm-hmm. like taken yeah, seriously as an actress hard. kind of thing. It's hard to see to see her and not just see Ariana Grande. Yeah, because I think about if she had been in the prom, other than uh, like in Ariana Bose's part that she's supposed to play, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know that I could have uh, not been thinking about it being. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that singing thing. style and stuff, I would she would have just been her. Well, because 
yeah, like nothing she had to sing in that show is like even like her warm up that she right. does for her concert, right. you know. Right. Um, so I mean, I get why they wanted to cast her. Uh, but she's like a big movie that's coming out this year, I think. It's like Leonardo <sighs> DiCaprio, Timothy Wait, Chalamet. Yeah, I actually know what you're talking about. What yeah, it's a big ensemble thing. I can't remember who's directing it, but it's like a ton of famous people. I think Jennifer is Lawrence still is in, in it pre production, right? Something like that, yeah. Um, but I saw that she's she's. I don't know what she's playing. I don't know if she's playing like a version of herself or something. She loves to have a little cameo moment. She loves so. a cameo moment, <laughs> and I love to see her in a cameo, preferably more than cameo. Um, she's the person where I'm like, what if she turned out to be Alphabet after all this time? I would not be mad. I know that her voice doesn't sound typically Alphabet. No. But I've we've heard the, y'all we've heard the songs so we've many times like it's we've okay if they're a little bit different. I actually like her more for Glinda. Say actually, oh my god, thank you so much. I said that too. <laughs> I've said that as well. I think she'd be really funny. That's as Glinda. what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love Dove Cameron. So if Dove Cameron could be Glinda, and then Ariana, you know who my Glinda is. My Glinda is. Uh, Kristen Bell. I would love if they cast Kristen Bell. Oh yeah, she'd be perfect. That's I think she'd be great. And also she has just doesn't seem to be aging. She still it's looks crazy. like 32. Everyone's yeah. like, well, she's too old to play Glenda. I'm like, in what world? She looks great. Yeah, I mean, when I watched The Good Place, I thought she didn't like a day over 30. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But I guess if they did that, it would have to be an older alphabet, like a like a early third. But I think that's the thing. It's I wonder if they're gonna cast it younger, like them in their 20s or cast them like in their like early to mid 30s yeah i don't know i don't know because like i can see alphabet doing all of the i can see alphabet i'm just calling ariana alphabet now. i can <laughs> see ariana doing all of the like act one stuff up until like defying gravity but mm-hmm. i can't see her believably being the rest like, of the no show. good deed yeah i can't see that that's see weird that. for me She's so tiny. That's the why I'm like, just make her Glenda. And there's got to be like a, I like my Elphabas to have like, especially for No Good Deed, Mm -hmm. to have like a witchy. Yes. You got to play up the witch. Give me some witchy. But a lot of them don't. And I'm like, what are you doing? Give me some handy things. Give me some hands. Give me some nasality. Give me some growl. Like, you know. That's why I'm like, I still think Adina Menzel on her best day, I still think is my favorite. My my favorite Elphaba is, gosh. So, I mean, we obviously love Miss Jessica Vosk has done things locally that are just insane. She sounds auto-tuned. She sounds auto It sounds, it's crazy. Yeah. But I think Shoshana is actually my favorite, my all-time favorite. Because I remember that was like back when YouTube was starting to get more popular and I was just obsessing and her she gave me she's gave us so much humor. She's such a goofball. (laughs) And she gave me witch. She gave me all of my witchy wonderful things that I wanted. She gives us witch. Man, I could go on a tangent about Wicked Forever, but I guess that's like. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, if you're still listening, thank you so much. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, so you know we have to support Steve online. You can also, if you want to find me at Zachary with no H on Instagram and Twitter, I'm around. And you can support the pod at IAW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's been another TV Tuesdays. Again, Stephen, thank you so much for dropping by. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes.